0: Bulls and bears, post-earnings. This is Industry Focus. Welcome to Industry Focus, healthcare edition. This is your host, Christine Hargis, and I'm here with Motley Fool healthcare analyst, Todd Campbell. And today we're doing a post-earnings pick So, we've got earnings season pretty much in the rear view, and we thought that we'd chat a little bit today about some stocks that look like buys after their earnings reports and ones that look like sells. Todd, you want to kick us off? What's a company that you're feeling bullish on on the heels of this quarter's earnings?
1: I think this is a great topic, by the way, for us to be discussing. You know, the market has been a little bit wonky lately. This is the perfect opportunity for us to go in there and be able to highlight a couple stories that investors may want to think about um, to help you know them stay a little bit more longer-term focused. And from that standpoint, the one name that jumps out at me following earnings is Regeneron. And you know, Regeneron's had a lot of news lately, I'll get to that in a minute, um, that supports owning it. But you know, you've got to begin a conversation with Regeneron by talking about its drug Ilia. And Ilia is a drug that helps restore vision to patients who are suffering from either age-related macular degeneration or diabetic macular edema. Those are two uh disease or conditions that are growing. Uh, not shrinking in prevalence um, because, you know, honestly, people are living longer. Uh, they're getting older, and you know, global wealth is increasing uh, the risk of diabetes. So you've got a huge patient population that ILEA markets into. And in the second quarter, sales of this drug grew 50% to 993 million dollars. So you've got a four billion dollar run rate up 50% from. Uh, last year, and that's kind of unheard of. I mean, usually you get to a certain point in, in sales, and let's say that it's billion dollar blockbuster status, and you know sales growth tends to peter out and starts to mirror more like um, you know how many new cases are being diagnosed annually. That's kind of how the growth works. Um, but as it stands, ILEA continues to grab share at, at an impressive clip, and you know it's competing against Novartis. Lucentis, which still does four billion of sales of its own, and off-label use of the drug Avastin,
0: and that Uh, just shows you how big that market is—that it can support all of those really, really popular drugs.
1: Absolutely, you know, Eisley is is winning in this battle for Regeneron, and you know, who knows if it becomes a five billion dollar drug, a six billion dollar drug? I don't know. No one knows, right? Toss them. Toss some shells up in the air, see where they land.
0: But guidance for its growth seemed to be pretty good, right? Yeah. Not
1: only did they report that you know the the stellar sales numbers, but they also said, "Hey, you know what? These numbers are so good, and our outlook is so good for the stock now. We think uh, for this uh, drug now, we think that revenue is going to grow, you know, by ten to fifteen percent more than we thought heading into the year." And so, heading into
0: the year, their projection was thirty to thirty-five percent growth. And so that's a huge jump from a number that was already pretty big.
1: Right. Again, for 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 a drug that's already racking up big sales, this is not something that you see very often. Um, so obviously, you know, I think ILIA gives investors a lot of reason for optimism, but you know, you also have this news lately with Proluent, which is their cholesterol busting drug getting approval. For a patient population that could be as much as 10 million people, and at $14,600 a year, you know that could be a billion-dollar indication for this company too. So, you know, you've got a lot of different things here could, that could continue to justify owning the company, and for that reason, Regeneron is is, is my favorite pick coming out of earnings. How about you? What do you? Is there any company that jumps out at you as being uh, one that investors should be looking at?
0: So. Yes, I, I definitely have one in mind, but I want to preface it by saying that this was actually a company who had kind of disappointing earnings, and this company is Biogen. So Biogen's earnings really were not good; <laughs> they were not impressive at all. The share price dropped like twenty percent or something. It's down twenty two percent in the past month, mostly because of slowing sales of their oral multiple sclerosis drug Tecfidera, which still brought in $883 million just in this past quarter. But the problem with it is we're now seeing this slowdown, where even though the drug is still growing strong in several European countries, we're seeing some challenging pricing in Germany, and potentially even more frightening, we're seeing a couple of patients have contracted this potentially fatal brain infection called PML that were on the drug. And so these these numbers that you're seeing for TechFedera are actually down, or they're the growth rate is down quite a bit from what it used to be. And meanwhile, guidance for the company has been totally slashed. Expected 2015 revenue growth was cut from a projection of 14 to 16% down to 6 to 8%. And that is pretty much just an indication that these slowing TechFedera sales numbers aren't just a fluke. This is more of a trend that the company is seeing.
1: Christine, those are some scary numbers. Are you sure this isn't the, uh, the bear case? I know.
0: I know. Bear with me. I'm throwing out what the the headlines have been, what people have been really focusing on. But this is the reason that I think that it's actually a buy case, is because you have this huge market overreaction to a drug that's still doing just fine. And particularly, if you look at the broader indication, Biogen is still absolutely prominent in multiple sclerosis, which is a huge market. This disease affects approximately 2.3 million people worldwide, and it's estimated that 38% of patients worldwide in the MS population use a Biogen product. They've got new ones coming down the pipeline, and more importantly, they also have plenty of other drugs coming down their pipeline. They've got a couple of newly approved hemophilia drugs that are looking to ramp up pretty quickly. Um, I'm also really intrigued, they've got an Alzheimer's drug, uh, aducanubab, that is showing fairly good uh, results in clinical trials. Again, the share price took a haircut following what people are perceiving as disappointing news about this drug. But if you actually look at the news, it's still a statistically significant, effective drug that just had not as amazing results as the initial top-line release from a couple of months ago. So this still looks like it could be a really, really well-performing drug in a really hard-to-reach market, which is Alzheimer's.
1: I gotta agree with you on this one. because. This, you know, you don't really get an opportunity to buy top-tier companies like Biogen as steeply on sale uh, following earnings as you can right now. And you're right. You know, who's going to really poo-poo a three billion sales run rate for Tecfidera? You know, um, you, multiple sclerosis drugs have historically have been associated with PML. Uh, this is not the first time that you've seen cases like this pop up at times. And who knows where we're going to go from here? I mean, there's, you know, obviously Biogen is working on some longer-lasting formulations of its ingestion-based drugs. Uh, Other companies are developing, you know, potential competitive threats. But I see where you're going with this one. I I like it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's a really well-diversified company. It's very well-established. It's a top-notch company that you can now get on sale. You know, I I I think that's a great buy case right there. But Okay, let's 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 flip this totally around. What do you think you've seen after earnings that screams to you, "Get out now" or "Stay away from this drug"? What are you feeling particularly bearish on?
1: I I hate to do it. I hate to say it because this company is one that I I really want to see succeed because I think that the product that they've launched um, had tremendous potential to change the burden that patients have to face. Uh, and the drug and the company i 'm talking about is a frezza, and the company is mankind um, mankind is you know it 's no stranger to people who listen to our our uh conversations you know we we 've talked about this company in the past, and you know coming out of that second quarter earnings conference call after I listened to the call and went through all the questions and the answers i couldn 't help but feel like you know they just they don 't have the traction yet. And they're just throwing as much stuff against the wall as they possibly can to get that traction. You know, in the second quarter, uh, Santa Fe, who inked a marketing deal to sell this drug for mankind, reported that sales of Afrezza were just 2 million euros. I mean, that, that, that's just nothing. Um, for a drug that <laughs> was
0: expected to be a blockbuster drug.
1: Yeah, I mean people were listen, demand for insulin is huge. The diabetes population is huge. This is a multi-billion dollar market and this is a revolutionary drug in that it's delivered via inhalation rather than injection. The reality however has been that there's been too many hurdles to getting payers to pay for it, too many questions from doctors on how to, you know, make sure that, you know, people get the testing that they need to before they get on it. These are all struggles that unfortunately are weighing down um, how quickly you know, this, this drug is gaining market share. And frankly, as time goes on, I get more and more concerned that Sanofi is, is frankly just going to look at this deal a year from now and say it's not worth it to us. Because as it stands right now, you know, last quarter, the share of mankind's loss on Afrezza um, was $12.8 million. And they had to borrow that money from Santa Fe, So, you know, they have some money in the books, but they've got a lot of debt. They've got a drug that's intriguing, but it doesn't seem to be selling. And as much as I want to say, you know what, Mankind is an interesting stock here. I just can't follow in these earnings. They just don't give me any confidence that the corner is turning.
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, the problem with mankind has always been valuation. They've got a $1.6 billion valuation. But the thing you have to remember is that mankind will only ever see about a third of the sales of a at best. So if you crunch some numbers on that, so most biotech buyouts lately have been occurring in about three times peak annual sales of their lead drug. And so, mankind gets to keep a third of those sales. So, that leaves you with a multiple of one, which, if you want to work backwards from market cap to deduce expectations for peak sales, you're right back at that $1.6 billion valuation um, estimate for what a FRESA should do. But if you look at sales so far, there's just, I, I don't see it. I don't see how this drug is ever going to achieve $1.6 billion in annual sales.
1: Yeah, maybe we'll be pleasantly shocked, surprised by it, but. Uh, like you said, you're still talking about paying a lot of money. It may seem like a cheap stock, you know, it's a single-digit stock, right? I can buy it for four dollars, five dollars a share, right? But it's really not. The market cap is still 1.6 billion, and that's really what investors have to remember. You can't just look at the share price. You also have to look at the market cap. And until they can start demonstrating that they're actually moving this to patients and patients are paying for it. Then you've got to stay away from this one.
0: Yeah, and Todd, I think that there are quite a few investors out there that would agree with us considering that they've got this massive short interest of almost
1: 50%. So, what stock, right, exactly. What stock is it that, that makes your bear list today?
0: All right, so I'm going to go with one that I've felt bearish on for a while, and I, I think that earnings only supported this case even more. I'm going to throw Arena out there. So, Arena markets Belvique. It's its only approved drug, and it's an obesity drug. So, you'd think, like, oh man, you know, obesity is a huge problem. If you can find a drug that can help people who are obese to lose weight, of course it's going to be a blockbuster. And of course, those were the expectations that were baked into this company. That has not been the case so far. This drug really isn't all that effective compared to its competition, really none of the obesity drugs have been that great so far. They've all been a bit of a disappointment. And so when you've got weak performance of the main drug coupled with pretty high cash burn, I would not buy into this company at this point. I'll say that.
1: There's just too many competitors. You know, they, everybody thought, yeah, great. This is This is going to be a game-changing drug you know this whole class will be game changing it's a billion dollar market opportunity and unfortunately a lot of drug developers thought that too so now you've got all sorts of competition that's hit the market and they're all fighting over crumbs
0: yeah exactly and you know arena tries to say that oh well this once daily form- formulation of belvic called belvic xr that is currently awaiting submission to the FDA for approval, and the company is saying, like, oh, well, this is an easier dosing regimen, and so then it could beat out competitors like Orexigen's Contrave. Personally, I, I'm not seeing it.
1: Yeah, I, and I agree. I'm not seeing it either. Yeah. You know, Contrave is, is, so far, it's the, I think it's the prescription market share leader at this point. And I think what's really going to come down to is, do any of these drugs over time show a cardiovascular benefit? And that's whoever does that will probably end up winning this battle,
0: right? And, and those are like, those are long-term kind of trials that
1: we're talking yeah, about, which are super yeah, you're expensive. You're not going
0: to get those answers next week. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I, I also will throw it out there that Arena's last bit of hope, for <laughs> at least the way that I see it, is a drug that's called APD three thirty four, which is in phase two for ulcerative colitis. But the problem that I see with this drug is that it works really similarly to Receptos' drug Ozanamod, which receptos if you recall was just bought out by Celgene for 7.2 billion. So, I think some people are looking at that and saying, "Oh man, 7.2 billion for receptos, which makes Ozanamod, Arena has this kind of similar drug, maybe it could be a buyout target." But the thing is, Ozanamod is so far ahead of Arena's drug. It's got other indications that's already working through. It's in phase 3 for multiple sclerosis, it's in phase 2 for Crohn's disease. And I just think that Celgene would have picked up Arena for far, far cheaper than Receptos if it thought that this drug had any hope. So that's not a good sign either.
1: Right, especially since Arena would have to compete against Celgene. And I don't think anybody really wants to compete against Celgene.
0: Yeah, that's a great point as well. (laughs) So, Todd, uh, who else are you looking at for uh, maybe next earnings season? Is there anybody that you've got your eye on looking for some positive catalysts? There's,
1: I don't know. I mean, there's so many names out there um, that I think... Uh, offer upside. I mean, CellGene is actually one that is one of my favorites. I and mean, full disclosure, I happen to be long it. Um, I think there's a lot of things that can move the needle and continue to grow their sales uh, and profit there. So that's yeah. one that I would continue to watch if I were an investor. There's you totally
0: know, a reason why that name comes up on this show all the time.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, I think that one of the things that investors need to remember going forward, especially heading into earnings, is a lot of these. You know, really small cap plays. They don't have any revenue yet. They don't have any earnings yet. So you're really looking at you know them telling you what the developments are in their pipelines, and you know. So I think that you, when it comes to earnings reports, you kind of have to pick and choose. You focus on the quality stocks. You know these big cap names that you and I mentioned. Um, Try to avoid some of the tertiary secondary names. And then you know, always approach this industry with you know a healthy dose of caution.
0: Yeah, I think that's excellent advice. And I'm also gonna remind everybody listening that as always, people on the program may have interest in these stocks that we talk about. And the Motley Fool also may have formal recommendations for or against them. So don't buy or sell just based solely on what you've heard today. Definitely dig in, read those earnings calls, do your research. And remember that we're long-term buy and hold investors. And so ultimately what happens in the course of a single quarter likely is not going to change the game for a given company. And The ones that we've mentioned today, we think that what we've heard in their earnings reviews do paint a certain picture, but of course things are prone to change and we always want to be taking the long-term outlook. Todd, thank you so much for being here today, for giving us this bull case and a bear case and talking with me. Look forward to talking to you next week. Folks, thanks back. I uh, think thanks, thanks so much for listening and be sure to check back to full.com for mate great foolish coverage of all your favorite stocks.